Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied abundantly unto you all through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is Reformation Sunday, and in the Lutheran Church, that's a big deal. The Reformation, 500 years ago, was all because of some of the misbeliefs that crept into the church. And so the reading, the gospel reading for this Sunday is from John chapter 8, verses 31 to 36. And it's about the importance of the truth. And we're going to talk about that. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We're Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Okay, so let's do a simple reading of these words of Jesus. To the Jews who believed him. Who are they? Okay, so there were some people who heard Jesus, saw his miracles, and believed who he said he was, at least partially. They didn't know everything, but they trusted him. Wait a minute. That sounds like us. I mean, we believe in Jesus. That's why we're here. We trust in him, but we don't know everything. That's also why we are here, to learn more, to be taught. So as Jesus spoke to those first people who heard these words, he is also speaking to us, to you and me. And one of the things they didn't get was that they were not free. We seem to be free, but maybe we're not free. They thought Jesus was talking about physical freedom, but he was talking about something much deeper, much bigger. The enslaving power of sin. Just as it applied to those people back then, it also applies to us. They didn't see sin had that much effect on their lives. Could that be said of us too? It sounds like our society. In order for us to grasp the depths of God's love for us and the freedom that he brings, we first have to understand the depth of our problem. I'm going to give you a little bit of that example of how sin, or probably better to think of it as lies, enslave us today, and how Jesus, the truth, sets us free. So we're going to talk about telling ourselves the truth. Jesus wants us to know the truth. Why is that a big deal? Because what else is there? Think about it. There is truth, and there is lie. 
There's nothing else. There's nothing in between. Someone say, well, what about half-truths? Well, a half-truth mingles truth and falsehood, and that just ends up being false. Someone once said half-truths are like half a brick. They can be thrown farther. No, nah, half-truth is still a lie. We form our beliefs based on what we think is true. If we believe a lie or a half-truth, we call that then a misbelief. Jesus says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And why is that important? Because if we don't have the truth, then all we have is a lie. The Bible calls the devil the father of lies. He lied to Eve about eating the fruit in the Garden of Eden, and he will lie to you about everything. And here's the big problem. People will believe those lies, and it will affect how they live their lives. Now, I'm just going to give you a few examples And please understand that a good part of my job and my responsibility as a pastor and the office that you have called me to is to help people see lies and misbeliefs and point them to the truth. Okay, so here's the uncomfortable part of the service. How many of you have struggled with thoughts of depression? Now, I already know the answer, and it's most of you. And if you haven't, I guarantee you know someone who has. It's an epidemic in our society. It seems everyone struggles with this to a greater or lesser extent. We all experience thoughts that are very depressing. We're all in this together, by the way. So, how are we going to deal with it? Yes, I'm simplifying things because of time restraints, but the truth remains the same. And so often, Jesus' words are quite simple and to the point. Just like today. Easy for us to remember when we have to deal with something. So I want you to think that you have this little cubicle up there in your brain. And in that cubicle, there is a person who is always talking. They never shut up. They're talking all the time, almost day and night. This we call our self-talk or your internal monologue. Everyone has one. But here's the problem. Sometimes... More often than not, that self-talk can be very bad and can keep repeating and repeating misbeliefs and half-truths, lies, over and over again. I'm just going to throw out three typical misbeliefs that are related to depression. Number one, I'm no good. I'm worthless. I'm a failure. I can't handle things as well as others. I haven't got what it takes. 
It doesn't seem possible that anyone could like me after they get to know me. This is the reoccurring theme of self-devaluation. Number two. My daily life is no good. My life sucks. That belief that nothing is really rewarding, that the activities one might engage in are all unpleasant, all uninviting, uninviting, that nothing is fun anymore, that life itself is just not worth the effort. Number three. My future is hopeless. I, I will not recover. The present misery will not improve. I won't ever get over this. I might as well be dead. These are misbeliefs. Yes, they might be what you believe to be true, but they're not true. They're erroneous. They're not true and must be replaced by the truth. That's the only way someone is going to get better. Now, it sounds simple, but it's the truth. Jesus said, so let's explore what Jesus said. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I want you to think of the Father your heavenly Father, as your happy place. The Father is where we all want to ultimately get to, where we will be perfectly happy, where we will be perfectly holy and perfect, and perfectly every need of ours will be taken care of. That's our happy place in the presence of the Father. How do we get there? Jesus, the truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus said of himself, if the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. See, I don't want to be captive, chained, weighed down, depressed, held back by the lies of the devil. The good news is we have the truth. I want you to think of the truth as a person, not just as an abstract idea. No, think of the truth as a person. It's real. Truth is doing what you said you would do. That's how we define truth. God is true because his word always comes true. God did what he said he would do Therefore, God is truth. If God didn't do what he said he would do, he wouldn't be truthful. But God said he would rescue humanity, which he said from the day Adam and Eve sinned, fell into sin, Jesus, God said he would send a savior. And Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise. He came, he loved, he lived, he died, he rose, just as God promised, he is the truth. The word of God is the truth because it conveys God's plan, the person Jesus, and what he said he would do to save us. 
We call this the gospel. This is really good news for us. God is truthful. By definition and by action. When we come to the truth and hold on to the truth, we find truths that replace the misbeliefs we get deceived into telling ourselves. Right? You shall know the truth. Following me, learning from me, and the truth will set you free. So here are a few truths that we need to use to replace the misbeliefs we keep telling ourselves. Number one, you are a creature of infinite worth and value according to the word of God. That's what God says. God cannot lie. The fact that God created you in his image, the fact that God sent his son to give his life a ransom for your freedom makes it very clear that you have worth and value. You are a person of infinite interest because of Jesus Christ. Number two. Even someone who is depressed can find meaning and support in activity. When we're depressed, we don't want to do anything. We don't see the point. God commands us, give you an example, to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. He says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Why? Why go be with other Christians, your spiritual family, even when you don't feel like it? Because God has established a support system for you. Use it. The people of the church will reaffirm the truth that you are valued to him. God told us to love one another. Here's another example. Just when we feel like it? No. That's all the time we're supposed to love one another. Even when we feel that an activity will be worthless or unrewarding, we need to be doers of the word of God. We need to keep following Jesus. We need to keep on loving others. When you are in a slump, and someone encourages you to get up and go and do something for someone else. Go do it because you will find that it is far more rewarding than it appeared from a distance. We all know this to be true. It's rewarding to help someone else. It's rewarding to love someone else. Not all the time, but generally speaking, it certainly is. We all know this to be true. So don't quench the Holy Spirit in your life or your brothers and sisters that are encouraging you to get up and do. Maybe go for a cup of coffee. Maybe go visit a friend together. Maybe someone who is sick together. 
Maybe spend some time with some children, teaching them and loving them. God can use broken vessels. He always has and he always will. Daily life is worth the living because it comes from the hand of a loving God and is lived by God's call. He calls you to live your life. No, it's not going to be easy. But he calls you and equips you and strengthens you to love others, even when you don't always feel like it. You're not alone. Remember what Jesus said to the disciples when he ascended into heaven. I will be with you always. And then he left them his presence in the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And what does the Holy Spirit do in our lives? He moves us to do God's will, to live a life of love for others. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, number three. God's Word says that the future is not hopeless. The Bible says we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Born. We're at the beginning of something new here. Our future is a glorious one. In baptism, the Bible tells us we have already died to sin. Hey, that's the worst that can happen already. That has happened to us. We've died to sin and risen to a new life in Christ. That's what we believe. That baptism does for us. That means we can spend the rest of this life in thanks living. Yeah. Thanking God for the free and wonderful gift of salvation, a new and abundant life here, and an eternal everlasting life to come. We can spend the rest of this life in thanks living, counting our blessings, looking forward to a better day, and doing the good works that he has equipped us to do. You see how the truth of God's word, the teachings of Jesus, replace the misbeliefs and the lies that we hold on to in our lives. The psalmist says, God desires truth in the inward parts, deep, deep down. God gets to the heart of the matter Misbeliefs, like the examples I gave you, can be held onto really deep. And sometimes it's so true, people do not want to let go of their misbeliefs. They're like a security blanket. They can be held onto really deep. But Jesus calls us to hold to the truth, the truth even deeper, to never let go of the truth. The word abide is used. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Abide, dwell. That sounds like a safe place. So fill our lives with the truth that God teaches us from his word and go there 
often and regularly because it is a safe place and stay there in his truth, in his word. In this world full of all kinds of other beliefs, I need to stay in my safe place with my God and his truthful words for me. I need to use them to replace the lies and the misbeliefs that somehow, somehow, I tell myself, wow, do we have a Savior? Do we have a God who loves us? He knows exactly what we need and then he provides. Jesus has set us free from lies and in him we have the truth of his word. It's very interesting that the first defense mentioned by Paul in the armor of God chapter Ephesians 6, he tells us to stand firm in the face of the devil's temptations and the first line of defense, if you will, he says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Belt of truth buckled around your waist. Yeah, you're not going to, your pants aren't going to fall down. You're not going to trip if the belt of truth is buckled, securing you around your waist. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free, free to run and to live a God-pleasing life based on truth of who you are and who other people are in God's eyes, whom other people God calls you to love. So what a God we have, what a Savior. He not only gives us his word as truth in our lives, but he also comes to us. Because sometimes we need more than just a verbal or written word. Sometimes we need a visible word. And so we have what we call the means of grace, the word and the sacraments. And so the sacraments are visible words to us. Baptism tells us we're a child of God so clearly and that our sins are forgiven. And the Lord's Supper, which we participate in, tells us that we have been saved by Jesus and his shed blood for us and that our sins are forgiven. It's a visible word that says so clearly the super, super duper most important truth you'll probably ever hear. Your sin, your sins are forgiven. If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Now let us pray. Father in heaven, guard and keep us so that the devil, the world, and our sinful nature may not deceive us or mislead us into false belief, despair, and other great shame and vice. Although we are attacked by these things, we pray that we may finally overcome them and win the victory through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen.